I don't think it ever came into my head questioning, is this a sport for me? It was more so like, this is the sport for me and how can I inspire other people like me? So if they're mixed race, northern, come from like a poorer background, how can I share my experience with them and show them that it is possible to make it? You're listening to The England Rugby Podcast, O2 Inside Line, and I'm Tatisha Harper. I'm Tatisha Harper, and I play for Loughborough Lightning and England Rugby. I play prop, and I can play both sides. Props, I'd say, are the fittest people on the pitch because you've got to push hard as you can. And that could be in the first minute of the game when you have a scrum, or that could be the 81st minute of the game if the ball's not gone out. You also have to lift people in the lineouts, run as hard as you can, lift as heavy as you can in the gym. So honestly, we do it all. I think the best characteristics that make up a prop is that we're actually quite intelligent. We have to problem solve a lot more than people think. Also, if something's going wrong in a lineout or a scrum, we're normally the people that get looked at. They're like, oh, you missed the lift or why has that scrum gone backwards? But the back five are behind that. I think the best props in the world are those that can carry repeatedly for 80 minutes, even though you probably should get taken off after 60. And those that are just dominant all around. Me, as a young child, I'd say I was cheeky, giggly, and a bit cocky. I was, like, too overconfident. And, you know, when you look back and I'm like, why did I ever speak like that or why did I say that? And now I just cringe at myself. (laughs) I grew up in Salford. When I was growing up, we had one park, which was Odsall Park, which is where all the local kids would go and you'd just play on there until it was, like, tea time. But it's like a council estate. So I think a lot of the time when people think of that, they think of like rundown buildings and like naughty Asbo kids. But actually it's like a community where everyone buys in because without that community there and stuff to do for the kids, I think that's where they turn to trouble. But I think I was lucky because I got out through rugby. Growing up, I think the most influential person was probably my oldest brother, Ezzy, because he was a grafter, like, he had two jobs where he was working night shifts, day shifts, but also playing rugby. But I think that translates a lot into women's sports because not everyone is professional, so being able to graft and do what you love at the same time. And then he's moved to Australia now, and I'll definitely retire out of there. (laughs) I went there over Christmas and I was just like, I love it here. But obviously rugby takes priority, so hopefully I'll retire there. But I think my best relationship has been with my mum and my nana. So growing up, I'm definitely closest to them and like my brothers than I am to anyone else because, yeah, I have friends, but I think a lot of the friends I had in school, they never stuck because they went down other paths compared to me. But I also think that I know what's good for me and I know like what's right and wrong. I think that comes down to like how I've been brought up. Salford is my home because that's where my family are. So that's where my mum's based and that's where my nana's based. And I like it because it's quite small. So I can walk to my nana's, it's like a five minute walk. 
I think it also feels like home because that's all I've ever known from being young. That's where I discovered my love for rugby. The challenges growing up in Salford, I think they differ massively, especially now like how the world's evolved. When I was younger, it wasn't that much of an issue as it is now, but because it's like a rough area and it's got a lot of criminals for like stabbings and stuff like that, I think the difference is like my mum always taught us like you need to get something good at and stick with it. Like if that's academics or sports, you stick with that and then you can get out of that route because otherwise it's just a long, endless cycle. So you see like people's parents going through stuff that their parents went through and then their kids doing the same thing and it's like when's the cycle going to stop if they don't learn something different not sure that they know that there's other routes for them my name's Ezio Kerry Harper and I'm Taisha's older brother just happy and jolly really friends with everybody it's impossible to dislike a really pretty silly very playful always the happiest one out of everybody a beast I reckon just a beast. Used to just run over people whenever she could. Biggest support is probably my mum. She'll go anywhere to watch her play. My nana's a big supporter too. Oh, she's the loudest on the side of the pitch. She's got a good group of friends. All the rugby girls are her friends. But yeah, I think everyone supports her really. I think she's done better than what I could have imagined. No, she's got as high as she possibly could. But I think she's worked for it, so she probably deserves it. What part of her career has made me the most proud? Probably coming over to New Zealand last year. I reckon that was probably a highlight for me. Keep doing what you're doing. You're making the family proud. You're making all your friends proud. The first time I discovered rugby was actually a joke because my mum would take my brothers, Ezzy and Calvin, down and I would just be there watching and I was like, well, you never asked me to go. And I was just messing about and she was like, you know what, I'll take you. And then she messaged someone. I went down to train and I remember it because it was throwing it down with rain. And I was like, oh God. But actually, from the moment I stepped onto that pitch in my first rugby session, I've actually never looked back. And I remember it like it was yesterday because I'm pretty sure we did contact. I'd never tackled before, didn't have a clue, but I just threw myself in there and I was like, better off learning the hard way. And then after it, I spoke with the coach and I was like, you know what, I'll be back next week, see ya. <laughs> and then I made like friends and it was just like a whole new other way of life that I think sometimes does get missed out if you don't play sport. I don't think necessarily it's just rugby, but if you don't play sport, you miss that. When I was in year six, I played basketball for a girls and boys team. After that, I was like, oh, just playing sports at school. But I'd be on like the football team, the uh, netball team, the rounders team. And I'd just do it all just to keep myself busy because I was also kind of a nerd. So I was like a prefect on all the sports teams and just doing whatever I could after school just because it was fun. I think the difference between like basketball and netball and then rugby is more of the togetherness because it's such a heavy contact sport that no other sport understands that when you're feeling like crap because you've just been battered for 80 minutes but you get tight with your teammates and you pick each other up I think that's what sets rugby aside from other sports as someone who grew up in the north I actually get my accent taken the mickey out of a lot because I think sometimes people look at me and they're like oh she's so scary 
and then I talk and then I've got a northern accent and I'm high pitched. <laughs> so I just get, yeah, I get the mickey taken right out of me. It is a bit difficult, especially like growing up and going into, say, like the talented development group and stuff where is dominantly Southern people in there. And then you're just like, oh God, they think I talk funny. <laughs> but actually it's nice and inclusive. And I don't think me personally, I've ever experienced anything where I felt like left out in that sense, because whenever I've been involved, there's always been a, a few other Northerners. And I think that's what, like, we're the people that bring the fun to stuff. And I think that's why we're appreciated a lot. I started off at MMU, Manchester Metropolitan University. And I did forensic psychology there. And that was great. But then when I read what I had to do in third year, and I was like, you have to go in prisons and interview people. I was like, that's not for me. I'll have nightmares. So then I swapped, but not just for the degree, but to go on a better rugby team to get selected in here. I needed to be playing a better standard of rugby. So then I looked into what psychology degrees I'd done at Loughborough University. And I heard that it was really good there. <laughs> And I was like, actually, I'm interested in doing sport and exercise psychology because I play a team sport and the mental aspect of stuff these days is massive. And being able to learn about that stuff and understand it has probably helped me a lot on my journey as well. So I think that was nice. And I'm actually in my final year now. I think the balance between being a student and a rugby player or any athlete really that's professional is actually really difficult. And I think those who say it isn't, they must have a secret trick because everyone I've spoke to and personally, I think it's actually really hard. I think the key to it is just prioritising different things at different times. So for example, if you've got exams coming up, you need to be honest with your coaching staff and yourself that actually that takes priority at the minute. And Loughborough are good at that because you fill in um, a form and you say when your exams are and then that week that it might be a bit less training for you or they fit timings where you can go and do that and your rugby's not affected but I do think it is difficult because it's mainly the academic side that don't understand as much as the sports side because they're like oh you need a job and you need to work and you're like I want to be a rugby player. <laughs> For me, when I think I'm struggling with my studies, rugby's kind of like my therapy. So I go and play it and I just forget about all the stress I have of trying to write like a 6,000 word essay because that's the time where you're focusing on what's my job, what do I need to do to be the best in my team if I can be or the best at my position. It's good in that way because you go to it, you forget about it and then you think about all of that stuff later and that's why I really enjoy it. As a mixed-race Northerner, I actually didn't notice it as much, but then it was like being around people like Shauna Brown and Sadia Kabea where actually you delve a bit deeper into it and you're like, oh, it was always there, but just probably missed it because I was probably used to it, especially like growing up in Salford, which actually isn't very cultural compared to other places like, say, London. But then when I look back to my first rugby team, sometimes I would be the only mixed race or the only black person on the team. And it's stuff like that where it's gone like over my head and I'm, now when I look back, I'm like, ah, oh, actually, yeah, it was. But I think that is just because to me, it never seemed to be an issue. But then when I got called into the England squad, 
there was just Langi and Shauna that was in. So for me, that was like, oh, there's like a couple of us. It's all right. So it was just nice to have people there. But Shauna would say that she liked it when I got called into camp because I was the only one that could do her hair. <laughs> so I'd like be getting the comb to do a part in and just plaiting her hair because all of our hair is different because we've got Afro hair. Like I'm lucky because mine goes curly and straight. The perks of being mixed race, I guess. <laughs> To me, it's never been that of an issue and I don't think I've been challenged on that aspect as probably some people miss out in sporting opportunities because of their background and because they're mixed race. For me, it's almost like not fitting in with the rest of the team, but sometimes when there's more black people, I feel like I have to fit in a bit with them. But because all my life I've grew up around a lot of white people and because I live with my mum and my mum's white, I probably know how to fit in with those more than I know how to fit in with black people and even though like that shouldn't be an issue I think sometimes you're like oh like not in a racist way or anything but like am I black enough because you're like oh I mix race and people are like yeah but sometimes I have like been called an Oreo because they're like oh you're black on the outside but white on the inside but I'm like that should just be my personality and just because I mix race it shouldn't matter how I act who I'm friends with or like what I wear and stuff. It's a brilliant pick of a line and the score from Detaisha Harper. And it's the front rower who gets given the opportunity to career through for the score. Detaisha Harper, she is like this bundle of energy. You walk into a room and you probably hear her laugh, her giggle before you actually see her. My name's Sarah Hunter. I play for Loughborough Lightning and the England Red Roses. She's always someone there that's like motivating someone. She's really kind and thoughtful. She's like a really strong ball carrier. She loves to scrummage. If you run into her, you'll know about it. She loves a little cheeky offload. And yeah, some of the lines she hits are like absolutely spot on. I don't think it ever came into my head questioning is this the sport for me it was more so like this is the sport for me and how can I inspire other people like me so if they're mixed race northern come from like a poorer background how can I share my experience with them and show them that it is possible to make it and I think that's what's really special about it People I'm probably closest to, well, when I first came in, definitely Shauna and Sarah Beckett took me under the wing because they was roomies. So I'm a social butterfly, so I'd come in, knock on their door. I'm like, Beckett, can I come in? <laughs> just sit on the bed, talk through stuff, so like rugby stuff, just general chit-chat. And that was nice. So then obviously when Shauna said she was retired, I'm like, brilliant, my therapist is gone. <laughs> I speak to everyone. I'm actually one of them people that I can probably hold a conversation in an empty room. <laughs> but that's just probably who I am. And I've grown close to Tatiana Hurd. I love her a lot. She's like calm and I can just go to her and we can actually sit in silence. Taish as a person is hilarious. She's one of the funniest girls in camp. And she's also just a massive ray of sunshine. Like you go to her any time of the day, she'll make you laugh. She's always bubbly, she's always upbeat. 
I'm Tatiana Hurd. I play for Gloucester Hartbury and England. On the pitch, a massive threat. She's a great ball carrier. She's great at the offloads and she's also a big hitter in defence. I feel like I notice it more now that I don't need to be a role model, but I'm like I am a role model because when I first came into the environment, I was like, oh, this is sick. Like I'm training with England, playing with England for the first time. But now I'm like, actually, I'm affecting the next generation because if I can prove that it's possible, then they're going to know it's possible. Whereas if I don't put myself out there, I'm like reserved stay away from everything then they're not going to know that it actually is possible for them and if they see themselves like me then they're going to know that they can do it for themselves as well. I just finished training and I was going to get my hair done and then I got a text from my rugby coach and he was like you free to catch up later and this was like at half 7am and I was like what have I done wrong? What was he going to shout at me for? Like, did I not catch the ball or something? And then I got a text from Deeks, so Lewis Deacon, and he was like, hi, Tash, like, hope everything's well. Are you free to chat? And I was like, shaking. I was like, oh, what? My last message I had of him was, hey, Tash, hope you're well. Just, just letting you know I'm going to remove you from the forward chat. <laughs> so then to get that, I was like, oh, might have made it. Who knows? He was like, we need to talk to you. So I was like, oh, all right. And then they was like, we want to invite you out to New Zealand because we've had like an injury and stuff. And I was buzzing my head off. I couldn't stop smiling for the whole day, well, the whole week actually, until I got there. That to me was like, I just didn't believe it. Even when I got out there, to be fair, I still didn't believe it was true. For me, that was probably one of the biggest miracles that could have happened because I think everyone talks about the times that you don't make it and oh but there's still a chance that you could make it and it was literally the last weekend anyone could get flown out so I think that's just a gift <laughs> and that's the best gift I've ever had. <laughs> when I went out there I wasn't ever expecting to be played but if I needed to be played then I was actually ready for it and I think that's something where I perhaps look back on say a year ago and probably would have been like oh, couldn't go out to New Zealand and play in, like, a final. But in that moment, I was definitely ready for it. And I think that's what I needed to be, because if someone did get injured, well, I was the next person that needed to be there. And I also think I went out at a very pivotal time. So it was literally semi-final week. And then the team had dropped a bit in energy, I'd say. But that's probably because they came out earlier than I did, had such massive highs and then was kind of on the bit where you dip a bit because I think everyone will understand that when you go to a massive event like that, no matter what the competition is, you don't just stay on a massive high. It goes up and down and that's just the nature of it. So for me, I was coming in on this massive high, like just won the lottery and other people was just dropping a bit. But I think that was the perfect time for me to come there because I'm that kind of person who brings that energy the feel-good compliments like oh your hair looks nice oh that was sick and I think the biggest experience for me was we lost the final but I remember standing around the stadium and just looking around and seeing that there was a massive stadium full with people we've just broken a record and all these people have come to watch women's sport and for me that's probably the biggest takeaway from it because yeah we're upset we didn't win but the amount of people that came to watch it, that was like a little win in itself. So I think 
you can't just focus on the negatives all the time. I think I get my energy from focusing on the good stuff because I think it's so easy for people to focus on all the stuff that's going wrong rather than actually, I woke up today, so that means I've lived another day. And I think sometimes we forget about how grateful we are. I live in a house, I've got family, I've got friends, I've got shoes on my feet, I drive a car. And I think that's the stuff we need to be grateful of. And I think in rugby, when times do get tough, just reminding yourself that actually there's more to life than rugby and sometimes if you focus just solely on that you're just going to get in a big hole so I just try to remind people of all the stuff they're good at because I think if you can give someone a compliment that might make their day and that could change their day from being crap and down in the dumps to actually oh this person said this to me because I think stuff like that actually goes further than people think. Mm -hmm.